This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. I am in a part of Kuala Lumpur now that is the Chowkit Market, the city's largest wet market, with stalls offering everything from veggies to meat, an assortment of spices and even homeware and affordable, maybe even second-hand clothes. In its nearly 70-year history, not as old as some other areas in KL, it has served much, much older neighbourhoods like the adjacent century-old Kampung Baru. One would say with the advent of time and progress that KL, with some of the tallest buildings in the world, just a few train stops away, the Chowkit area remains the same as it always has, the good, the bad and the ugly, because Chowkit is also famous for being KL's unofficial red light district. The term urban redevelopment, urban renewal frequently comes up when discussing Chowkit, Bataling Street, Brickfields, Pudu, etc. What does that mean? And how do you make sure these places evolve while staying relevant, sustainable, valuable while ensuring the history of these enclaves is preserved for future generations and the all-important tourist dollar? Good morning, this is The Property Show. I'm Keith Kam. When we talk about urban redevelopment, Think City, a consultancy and project delivery partner founded by Kazana National in 2009, one year after Georgetown in Penang was listed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site to conserve and protect the city's unique heritage. Hamdan Abdul Majid is the managing director of Think City and he tells us first why cities are important and have grown the way they have in line with how a nation progresses. Cities are critical components of success of countries today. Cities are the engines of growth and it is in cities where we converge to transact exchange, be it goods, ideas, and also cities has been path where people have moved out from poverty to prosperity. People have upward mobility. And we have seen that how cities have played a fundamental role in terms of how it has shaped the development outcomes of countries and nations. Getting the cities right is probably only going to aid success of nations. And we have seen as countries urbanize, per capita income increases with urbanization particularly successful urbanization. Today, more than 80% of Malaysians live in urban areas, but is this a good thing? Hamdan says Malaysia has been fortunate, but it is also time to take stock with progress like this. Malaysia has been one of those fortunate ones where in the last five decades of urban transition from a rural nation to an urban nation where today 80% of Malaysians live in cities, we have been successful to ensure that we house the nation, we have managed to deliver on infrastructure, and we have managed to build our cities. But cities can't keep growing. Cities should have finite footprint. As cities expand, eventually leads to urban sprawl and all the gains of development as a result of good urbanization will start declining. And we start seeing this today in Malaysia, whereby the commute time can be long, mm-hmm. more than an hour, one way of travel. The increased level of stress we see the air quality has declined. And I think this is where we need to ask, have we managed our current urban footprint in a most efficient, effective manner that has yielded the most desirable outcome? The urban sprawl is something that we are already seeing. Good examples are how all of a sudden Sagambut is now called Kiara North or Karinchi is Bangsa South. Areas that had a very distinctive character now having to be rebranded by consumerism and the need for growth. 
But Hamdan says Think City has been advocating urban regeneration since its inception. The reality is that we see today that our urban footprint is probably, you can say that we are a large urban sprawl, be it Kuala Lumpur, be it Penang, be it JB, the main cities of the country that generates nearly two-thirds of the growth in the country. We see this as a kind of pattern where it is purely a kind of market-led as opposed to plan-led. We need to start thinking how to ensure that we benefit from agglomeration economies, build economic density, but ensure that there is inclusive development and sustainability. And I think this is the thinking that we in Think City have been underpinning from our origins way back in 2009 in Georgetown, Penang. We advocated the need to not abandon what we already have, rather to renew, regenerate, reuse and if necessary redevelop and that pathway is what we have continued to push in our efforts in our programs in different cities be it Butterworth, Kuala Lumpur and JB where we continue to advocate demonstrate and work with the partners the city governments business community and others in terms of bringing new imagination to old places Reimagining old places to bring new life to old living spaces that the population may have outgrown at some point Hamdan says there are three major considerations that planners should pay attention to. The key consideration at the end of the day is that number one, embrace the fact that we can reuse our existing urban areas. And whether you are going to use as it is or whether you're going to adapt it to new use or whether you're going to redevelop to a new functional purpose, that is all dependent on the context of where this particular intervention is designed. It's not a blunt, it should not be a broad-based blunt policy instrument, but rather it should be a targeted intent towards bringing vibrancy and bringing places that have declined alive. It is not a tool to aid private interests or to support narrow groups. First, most important is that it must serve public interests. Second is that any form of change and renewal needs to be much better than what was there before. Third, it needs to serve what are the immediate needs in that area and the broader city needs in terms of the kind of functional uses of those spaces. So there needs to be greater governance and probably we should encourage the market to innovate and incentivize the market to innovate. So any redevelopment that takes place needs to ensure that it has a framework on which it addresses the question, how does this particular redevelopment is making the city a better place? In what ways it will ensure that it is inclusive? In what ways that this redevelopment will be sustainable? And in, in what ways that it is going to adopt the newer approach to city making, whereby the ideas around 20-minute city, managing the carbon footprint, resilience. So those will be the newer things that also needs to be considered as you look at redevelopment. Good governance and a plan that is also flexible enough to incorporate new advancements and environmental needs. Now, Think City has been doing this in the Georgetown UNESCO Heritage Site. Hamdan tells us what the challenge was like redeveloping a city that he observed to be in a state of decay to what we see it to be like today. When we started in Georgetown, the city was very much in a state of, you can call it stagnation and decay. And there was very little private investment that is actually actively involved. So we observed that, that it was important to light a thousand fires to bring back light into the city. So we use grants as an instrument to support the renewal in partnership with the private sector and with the support of the government. So that kind of triggered that whole 
effort towards bringing a whole new energy into the city. And we saw diverse activities emerge. And all of a sudden, all of those historic old buildings brought back to life with new purpose. And Georgetown became a destination for culture and heritage. Now, the lesson we draw from this is that, number one, we believe in areas where they are transforming that we need to actually consider some form of experimentation, working with those communities on site to understand the needs and kind of issues that requires resolution and so on. We also see that depending on the type of environment there is, take stock of the assets that you already have, build around it, do not abandon places. Cities are also places with identity. Cities are also places that have got a soul. So as you redevelop, it's important that you don't lose identity and soul. Forgetting what a city and living space stands for, ignoring its identity and soul takes away that very crucial human attachment. Hamdan says even Kuala Lumpur still has much potential despite the work Think City has been doing in the central market area of the city for years. We look at renewal, regeneration and redevelopment. They are quite distinct and depending on the area, the asset and so on. Even in the historic area downtown Kuala Lumpur, we see there are opportunities for infield development, new intervention, totally new things. Outside the area, there are many places where we can see that, you know, buildings that were built in the 1950s and others, probably the age has come for some form of need to recycle and reuse. So there are both within, I would call downtown KL, and in the immediate vicinity, there are also areas where this could actually take place. Example would be in Sungai Bersi, you know, where Madame Malaysia is emerging. There's an old town and how do you actually repurpose a whole town? Even in established places like even around what they call Sultan Ismail and others. KL is one city that, you know, every decade you see a new installation in the exact same spot. And we have seen how the city have changed faces over the last five decades. So, yeah, you know, there are many lessons that we can observe from what has already has happened, good and bad. These urban regeneration efforts also require robust government policies. Hamdan says while these are sufficient, it is necessary to take stock of which parts of these policies work and which don't. I think we are in line. I think the ambition for Malaysia is to build a livable Malaysia, a sustainable Malaysia. So whatever that we are doing is in line. But there is a gap between policy to practice. And I think that's one of the things that we are trying to aid and assist. Because, you know, translating those policies into actual practice, we can see there's gaps and we need to take lessons of those gaps and not repeat them and probably even rectify and find ways to actually augment them where possible. So I would say that from a policy framework, Malaysia has got some of the best policies, but there is gaps in terms when it comes to implementation. And there's in fact room for even innovation, you know, new form of use of architectural intervention, community participation and others that has brought whole new lease of life to certain areas of towns and so on. Recently, the local government ministry revealed that it is working on a new law to ensure systematic, well-planned and effective urban renewal efforts that will help the country's economy grow. Hamdan believes this is a timely move with urban renewal currently being carried out through nine existing legislations and laws involving numerous ministries, departments and organisations. It's an important legislation that allows for the city to renew in a more structured and orderly manner and also allows for larger area change. But it needs to ensure that it is serving the broader public interest and there needs to be proper safeguards to ensure that interests of all stakeholders are considered. And also, I believe that it needs to be responsible to not lose elements of what makes Kuala Lumpur a great place. You know, I think every place has got certain character and identity. Every place has got a soul. So it needs to find ways to celebrate and enhance 
the legislation should be welcome and it should be used to support to strengthen not only Kuala Lumpur but rather to support efforts in other cities in Malaysia. Hamdan also thinks Think City with its experience can contribute to these efforts. We would be in a position to provide not only technical advisory and to do the, all the necessary strategic planning and so on, but more importantly, I think the gaps is, is about how do you translate those policies into actual practice. And I think that's our strength where we are able to actually walk the talk and uh, execute in those difficult environments. Because urban regeneration and redevelopment means that you've got to build consensus. While there is legislative power, there's also need to ensure that there is acceptance at the public level. And how do you shape the public voice and ensure that this becomes an inclusive effort? Finally, Hamdan says urban renewal efforts are not new as there are many lessons to be learned from how other cities have carried out theirs. Consider about what lessons can you draw from around the world. I think one of the key things is that there are many schemes around the world that people have done many different types of redevelopment. An example would be like the King's Cross regeneration or down in Singapore, we are seeing now the whole uh, the new digital district in Singapore, Jurong and all that. So there's a lot of change and transformations happening. There are a lot of lessons the only thing that we would be cautious is that it should not be a back doorway for private developers to kind of penalise asset owners like, because that is also that risk that exists. Like. That was Hamdan Abdul Majid, the Managing Director of Think City. On the other side of the break, we will find out what property developers think about this new legislation. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Property Show where we are talking about urban renewal. Recently, the local government development minister, Nga Korming, revealed that urban renewal efforts are governed by at least nine separate legislations along with the involvement of various ministries, state authorities and agencies. Therefore, he wants to streamline this and target the end of next year to get this through Parliament. Apa yang saya dapat lihat dalam pembangunan negara, terdapat beberapa perkara yang merencakkan usaha ke arah pembaharuan semula bandar. Antaranya, tidak ada satu akta khusus di mana pembangunan semula bandar perlu dilaksanakan melalui akta atas dan perundangan yang merentasi bidang tugas pelbagai kementerian, jabatan, agensi. Ada sembilan perundangan terlibat dalam proses untuk pembangunan semula bandar. Ia menjadikan keadaan lebih rumit, lebih susah, tidak ekonomikal dan oleh kerana itu, pengubah I'm now at the Real Estate and Housing Developers Association Malaysia's HQ in Kalana Jaya to get their take on what RADAR members think about urban renewal efforts and is there a market for this for them. Dato N.K. Tong is RADAR's president and he talks about what the situation is now with the many different acts governing urban renewal efforts. I'm not so familiar with all the different acts, but I count more than 10 that cover this, among which, you know, KL City has its uh, own act, and then uh, Banda, Dandesa, and then uh, Jalan Parit and Bangunan, you know, roads, drains and buildings. Of course, the Strata Title Act, the Act 118, etc., etc. I would like to say, you know, it's quite visionary of uh, YBNGA and uh, KPKT Ministry to bring this all together. If you look at the history of the country, the history of cities and, and KL in particular, we've come a long way. And in the early days, we didn't need something to coordinate everything because it's all new. But we are reaching a point where there's the opportunity to play at a different level and also to look at uh, some of the older buildings and how they can be rejuvenated and also at the same time make sure that heritage is protected. Tong believes an act like this can provide some clarity to how developers can go about creating new living and business spaces. Previously, it just appeared less of a hassle to develop new land into townships as opposed to rejuvenating heritage buildings 
which will involve having to deal with numerous laws and authorities to get things approved. Yeah, I think like you said, it's not so visible because maybe the low-hanging fruit is new development where there's a bit more blue sky in terms of what you can and can't do and, and more clarity. Um, I think some members have taken upon their own initiative to take some old buildings and breathe new life into it. But I like to say, you know, this Urban Renewal Act is less about how Reda will benefit, how developers will benefit, because I think developers will find it easier to go elsewhere, find uh, new pieces of land to do development. Whereas the real beneficiaries for this act coming forward are the cities and its inhabitants, because, you know, the various city halls, and, and in this case, uh, say KL in particular, they have a vision of where the city wants to go. And sometimes it may need a little bit of uh, rejuvenation of some old buildings. And at the same time, I think as city dwellers, we, again, just want to emphasize, we want to protect the heritage as well as you know, some of the older buildings that could have new life breathed into it. This type of act will actually bring everyone together to make it happen. There will also be likely more stakeholders' views to take into consideration and any future legislation should include clarity to deal with this. I think it's like any new development, even like new development, you, you need to put it out to the neighbourhood to make sure the community is in acceptance of it. Because it's an existing building, then of course the occupants of the building, whether they are a single owner or uh, multiple owners like a strata property. Currently, urban renewal is governed by a whole host of existing legislations and laws involving numerous ministries, departments and organisations. Among them are the National Land Code, the Town and Country Planning Act, the Contracts Act and the Land Acquisition Act. Tong hopes that this proposed Urban Renewal Act will end up superseding previous legislation, streamlining everything for everyone involved. I think the most important thing with this law is to make sure that it harmonises with other existing acts and or it overrides them as in it brings them all together and extinguishes some of the other acts which may or may not be redundant after this comes in. And again, you know, it's just historical as, as the city and country develops, uh, new, new guidelines are put into place, new acts. And then now we realise that we are at a position where we can bring it all under one roof. And again, you know, congrats to uh, KPKT for, for the, the courage and the vision to do, to do that. Reda has already been calling for this idea of enacting a new law to govern the country's urban regeneration efforts, which it says is long overdue. Tong also hopes that the ministry will engage with Reda, which can provide valuable insights gleaned from years of hands-on experience into how such an urban renewal act might work best to benefit all parties. I think we do have a significant role to play and uh, KPKT has always been very open about engaging Reda. I think the key here is as they draft the act, we can see, because different members are very familiar with different parts of the other 10 plus acts that I talk about, and they may see some inconsistencies where you know it could be a potential for disputes later on, and, and we can highlight and say, look, uh, maybe, maybe this part of the Urban Renewal Act needs to harmonise with another act, say the Strata Management Act or Act 118 for housing development, so that harmonise in the sense that either it supersedes it or maybe you have to change the old act a little bit to make sure this one accommodates it, etc. So that in a way, this act has to talk to the previous acts and make sure that everything is smooth. Tong believes having clarity in urban renewal will have lasting impact as even new buildings today may become heritage ones as the decades pass. 
Hence, it is important to have an all-encompassing piece of legislation that can be applied for generations to come. I think as far as developers are concerned, uh, you know, we're there as enablers, right? We, we are part of the uh, nation-building effort. So if the act's very clear and straightforward, we can help the existing owners enhance their value, right? Either through a joint venture or through an outright sale. Um, but I think that, again, the main beneficiary is the city and, and the citizens of the city. I mean, let's look at it the other way. If we don't have an act like this, and fast forward 50 years from now, all of KL, even buildings like, you know, the Petronas Twin Towers and, and all the other nice skyscrapers will be old. And if, if there's not enough money to take care of them or if there's no guidelines to make sure they're, they're kept safe and, and new, etc., it won't be a very nice city and we'll be losing out to uh, other cities in the region. In this edition of The Property Show, we have been talking about urban regeneration following the Local Government Development Ministry's plan to come up with an Urban Renewal Act sometime next year. Talking to us were Hamdan Abdul Majid, the Managing Director of Think City, as well as Dato N.K. Tong, the President of the Real Estate and Housing Developers Association, Malaysia. If you've missed any part of this conversation, download the podcast on the BFM app or from bfm.my. You can also get us on Spotify. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.